Good afternoon, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Dr. Richard Alm here with Dr. Brad Muse. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about bracing. So I, last uh, Friday, I was able to speak at a big conference called Swiss Strength and Weightlifting International Society or Symposium. I'm not sure. It's really a, a cool event for me to speak at because it was a collection of like world-class powerlifters. So there was multiple thousand-pound back squatters in there. Um, Ed Cohen, who's the kind of undisputedly the greatest powerlifter ever, was there. We got a local guy, Matt Wenning, who's over a thousand pounds. A bunch of West Side guys, and it's kind of like a, a the kind of conference that I like to present at. <clears throat> I was bringing an important message, but one that sort of goes a little bit against the grain of the tradition, particularly of powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting. And by a little bit against the grain, I mean completely against what they teach. So today we wanted to just kind of talk a little bit about maybe the bracing that we teach here and how it might be beneficial not only for, you know, reducing your risk of injury, but also improving performance. And uh, so the talk went well. Mm -hmm. There was a collection of physicians. There was some strength coaches in there. There were some really, really strong people. Uh, I didn't do it, but I wanted to, add, wanted to say, you know, I wanted to ask the, gr the group, who has not squatted over 600 pounds? Because... Most of the time, I'm probably one of the stronger people in the room if I'm speaking with medical professionals. In this one, I was nowhere close to the, the top half of the room in terms of overall strength. And so it was a fun group yeah. to kind of speak with. It was a, it was a little bit uh, tenuous because it's, it's a, a message that goes completely against what they traditionally teach. And what that is, is a strategy that we call an extension compression stabilizing strategy. If you've gone into the weightlifting world or you've been in a gym, you've seen this. That's the idea, you know, or if you're doing a back squat, bars on your back, and you're thinking butt back, chest up. You're essentially arching your back as much as you can, extension. And then with the back muscles, you're then further compressing the back into that position to lock it into place to make it really stiff so that you can actually execute the lift. Which would you say that's a <clears throat> stable position? It's technically stable, so right. stability and, and uh, strength and stiffness, they become conflated. So you're, you're saying it's a stable position, but you're using the term stability in, in the engineering sense, which means sure. uh, resistance to change in state. Okay. But stability, broadly applied to movements, uh -huh. has more to do with motor control. So we would then just replace the word stable there with stiff. The joint is, the, the, the spine is incredibly stiff mm -hmm. with that strategy. Checks out with me. Checks out with you. You're good with that. <laughs> um, not, sorry to get a little too nuanced. Yeah. But essentially, you know, we see this all the time coming in here, and it, and it actually causes a lot of the low back pain that we see coming in the door. But, you know, maybe we, you can yeah. discuss the position and what, what happens to the anatomy and what it sort of looks like. Right. So... First, I'm going to set the foundation for him to get a little bit more in depth in terms of the actual training, the this stability, not just stiffness, but the from the, the well engineering played. perspective, whatever the hell you just said. Um, but first, we have to understand the anatomy. So when we're talking about stability, motor control, motor control of the core or the central canister, which we can just say is the spine, the rib cage, and the pelvis we need to understand that the primary driver of this motor control and stabilization is the diaphragm. 
The diaphragm is the muscle that separates your, your chest cavity from the abdominal cavity, and it sits on the bottom of the rib cage. So at rest, it's typically sitting in, up in a uh, little bit of a dome shape. When it contracts, what happens is that it flattens out to almost more of a parallel relationship with what's happening at the pelvic floor at the bottom. So when this happens, it drops down and it increases what we call intra-abdominal pressure. And I believe now we're, we're saying this is almost more, uh, not so much of a fluid pressure, correct? This so is, it's a, it's a <laughs> how nuanced do you want me I, to get here? It is a semi-solid, semi-liquid substance in there that behaves more like a solid. Yeah. Because when you push on it, it has not only magnitude, but it also has direction. What does mm -hmm. that mean? <laughs> well, it's significant if you're talking about yeah. assessing low back pain, assessing right. somebody's stability. Liquid, again, this is way in the weeds. Liquid has um, magnitude, but no direction. So if you take a water bottle, like a plastic water bottle that's half full, right? It's actually fully liquid. It's, you know, water on the bottom, gas on the top, but that's still all a liquid. If you squeeze the water bottle, the pressure pushing on all edges of the bottle is the same. There's no direction. You can't push air in a specific direction. It just moves in all directions. A solid, though, has both magnitude and direction. And this is important because when the diaphragm contracts, you want to think of it as almost like pushing, you know, a bag of sand around in there. So you can push that back against the spine, which is really important to create a ton of stability and even stiffness in the front. It's not just a matter of the back muscles, but also, you know, you're pushing this object against the spine. You can push it down against the pelvic floor, out against the abdominal wall, and that semi-solid object is going to sort of connect the diaphragm with all the muscles that he talked about, the abdominal corset, internal oblique, external oblique, transverse abdominis, and then, of course, the pelvic floor. So we want to think of that as a semi-solid substance because you can push it in different directions. Yeah. And if you're stabilizing really, really well, you're aligning yourself like he talked about with the diaphragm and the pelvic floor parallel so that when you contract the diaphragm, you're pushing that semi-solid substance in all directions equally. And that's going to synchronize all of those muscles together and give maximal stability to the spine from the front. Yeah. And it Obviously, getting a little bit more into the weeds with that. I personally love that because I'm learning a little bit here now, too. But I think that's great for the, the clinician, the weightlifter, the everyday person. Honestly, I think if we could have a better understanding of that, then, then you could run with it. Now, real quick before he gets a little bit more into it, with the anatomy, some things that we may be doing in here to uh, place the individual in a better position to achieve this intra-abdominal pressure that we're talking about is, well, we need rib cage movement and function to allow the diaphragm to be in a more adequate position to create that pressure. What we see a lot of times, like with that extension compression stabilizing strategy you talked about. You a demo? We're on demo here? There's the demo. <laughs> so, so we see overactivity of these big, big extensors of the spine. We see overactivity of these hip flexors, which combine together create this extension and compression. Well, if you look at my rib cage now through here, it's going to be more in this oblique position. In this position, the diaphragm is not in a optimal position to create this intradominal pressure. What I need is elongation of the spine and the rib cage to be able to drop down to more of this perpendicular, perp parallel position with the with the pelvis. So we may do things Good like save. 
like, like the adjustment or some soft tissue work. I may really use things like respiration to drive the rib cage down. So like when we have someone fully exhale, you can further encompass that downward movement of the rib cage. So what I look at, like what I'm doing initially on the table in here is, can I just get you into a better position where then we can go and uh, train this intradominal pressure? Because otherwise, if we have things like joint fixation or uh, soft tissue hypertonicity, well, we're gonna have a much harder time training that concept. So that's where like the clinician slash strength coach thing is, is huge. Yeah, and where, where it's important is all the stuff that he was discussing, getting the ribs in the right position, teaching you how to activate your diaphragm, teaching you how to pressurize your abdomen, all of those essentially go into protecting the soft tissues of the body or the passive tissues of the body. So if you're using an extension compression stabilizing strategy, I call that an active loading strategy because you are intentionally actively, sorry, passive loading strategy. You're intentionally loading the passive tissues. In this case, you're increasing the load on the discs, which is the vast majority of the low back pain that walks into the door is gonna be discogenic in nature coming from the disc. And it also loads the bones on the back of the neck, so that's osteogenic. And by using the, that extension and compression of the spine, you're massively increasing the load going through those structures. And in reality, we want to enjoy our life and get through as much of our life as possible without abstaining permanent damage to a passive structure. If you stabilize the way that Brad described, then they're going to be able to pressurize and stabilize the abdomen and protect the spine in a way that doesn't actually overload the passive tissues. So a lot of times when somebody comes in and they're doing all the stuff that Brad was talking about, the, the end goal here is to reduce the chronic load on the passive tissues, you know, the discs, the bones, the ligaments, the labrum, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So the bracing you know, with this intra-abdominal pressure is incredibly important to be able to get it to where you can perform at a level that you want, but then also you can do so in a way that does not compromise your tissues. Right. And just to make this clear, yes, we're talking a lot about like thousand pound plus uh, squatters, deadlifters, things like that. I'm treating a postpartum female right now who, think about your pregnancy patients, your center of gravity is literally shifted forward because you have this bowling ball sitting in, in your abdomen. And what does that do? Pulls you into that. Pulls you right back into this. Yep. So this isn't just for our heavy uh, power lifters. We got to train this pattern out of almost anybody and everybody. Yeah, it's, it's a very, very common pattern. It's more pronounced in your, your power lifting athletes, obviously. But, you know, we see just normal everyday people that don't even use weightlifting as a form of fitness mm -hmm. coming in the office all the time. So... We, we got to tell you at least how to do it. So the, what you want to be able to do is you're going to have your hands on either side. Remember, you want to think of intra-abdominal pressure as an outward pushing force in the abdomen, okay? So when you have your hands on all sides, you should be able to kind of pressurize your belly. You're essentially contracting your diaphragm, and you should feel your fingers move apart in all directions. That means that the diaphragm is pushing that semi-solid um, substance out against your abdominal wall, back against your spine to create that stability. So you can either try to practice just sort of pushing out in all directions, or if you do like a kia, that would be way too loud if I actually did it with the mic right now, you could think, do like a, a quick like kia that you might do, you know, if you're in martial arts chopping or whatever, wood. you're chopping wood, whatever the case may be, that quick kia sort of teaches you how to get a pretty good brace when you do that. If you can use that kia or that outward pushing force when you're 
picking up your kid or getting out of the car or doing you know, traditional weightlifting in the gym, that's gonna have a massive impact on reducing your low back pain and actually increasing your performance. Yeah, I love how many times you said Kia there. This week, we are sponsored by Kia. Yeah. Last week was liquid death. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is something that applies across the lifespan and in all different uh, populations. So we hope you guys got something out of this. Do you have anything well, else? We were gonna to, say, no, we, oh. we, we, we reviewed that and then also we're going to send out, I'm going to write yes. a little bit of a review that we're going to put out here in a couple of weeks on the email. So if you're not getting those, maybe just sort of check or pull them yeah. out of your spam. They're just weekly informative emails that we just kind of send out that are not that are not designed to sort of annoy people. They're usually quick two to three minute reads. But I'm going to have that on there so there'll be some better diagrams so that you guys will have a better understanding of what we're talking about with the diagram. If you're actually not on the, on the, the email list, then go ahead and just comment below or, or contact us you know, at office at uh, columbuscrc.com and then we'll just kind of put you on the list. Yeah, so with that, just to highlight all the different things we've got going on, we always wanna make sure we're getting a lot of this information out to you guys. So we have the podcast, we have the Instagram account, we have the weekly email, we'll put things up on YouTube. All of this stuff is out there, so beyond this podcast, go check out the YouTube page or the Instagram and you'll find videos on this. So. If beyond that, you guys have any questions for us, as always, reach out to us. And other than that, hope you guys enjoy this beautiful fall day. It's getting a little bit chilly, but we're almost in winter, so enjoy it while you can. Nailed it. Have a good one, guys. See you guys. <clears throat> <laughs>